Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Today's guest is Jasmine with Beauty and the Network on Instagram, and she is a bridal team owner, and that is what we're going to be talking about um, a little bit today, but she's also um, somebody who works with bridal hairstylists and makeup artists to help them um, grow their team and grow their business, so I thought she would be the perfect guest to have on today to dive a little bit um, deeper into uh, team ownership and kind of all the little things that go with that. So Jasmine, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk all thing team growing. So I'm pumped up for today. Awesome. Well, I'll take a few seconds and would you mind introducing yourself to the audience if they are not familiar with who you are already? Yeah, so hey, I'm Jasmine Jones. Um, I actually started my team at the age of 23, and that sounds very young, but uh, I was super excited to take on the uh, team leadership role when it comes to uh, growing a business. I actually started out as a solo artist um, when I was 19. I struggled a lot with a lot of mindset issues, mindset blocks. I had a lot of ambition, but I really didn't have a core mapped out strategy so Mm -hmm. a lot of the beginning of my career was hustle and burnout hustle and burnout until I actually um, took the leap and invested in myself and I started to invest in myself and I got a lot of momentum in my business and I realized Mm -hmm. that I was able to leave some of the people that I was freelancing with and I started to get like bookings for like eight girls, 10 girls, 15 girls for hair and makeup. And I was like, I need other people to help me. I started out just kind of having people help me here and there. And then I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to start a team. So that I'll kind of talk a little bit more about that as we get into the interview. But I started my team and it has literally been the best decision that I've ever made in my life. And now I coach a little bit about uh, sustainability a lot of people out there talk all about the hustle and the grind and I'm kind of over that mm-hmm. lifestyle so that's what I'm same, all girl, about same. yes growing with sustainability and not driving yourself cray cray <laughs> exactly yeah, you hit the nail right on the head very at the beginning I love that um you know sustainability and getting out of that grind that's so much like my philosophy and how I educate and you know how I coach people and stuff too is you know when you have a successful sustainable sustainable business, the mm-hmm. money comes, the bookings come. You don't have to be in this like burnout mode where you drive yourself crazy and then you hate what you do, you know, and then, you know, you, you do something to reignite your passion and then you run full steam at it again and then oh, you burn yeah. yourself out. Right. Uh, it's a cycle. It is definitely a cycle and I have felt it myself. 
Yes, absolutely. It can be crazy out there, especially with, you know, social media, feeling like you need to keep and catch up with everybody. So Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So how long have you had your team? So I started my team. So I was kind of like right on the edge of like 23, 24. I started it at the uh, 2018. And Mm -hmm. it was at the very end of 2018. Um, That's when I decided, okay, like this is time for me to go out and, you know, start my team. I started out with five girls. And they're amazing. Some of those ladies, they are still on my team today. And now I have a team of 17 amazing freelance that is incredible that is absolutely incredible 17 artists yeah I started out in my hometown, which is uh, Charleston, mm-hmm. South Carolina. I was yes. able to move from uh, Charleston, South Carolina to where I am now, which is closer to Charlotte, North Carolina, to expand okay. to uh, both North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia. So now we service four states. And Wow, it's, that's it's, awesome. It's crazy over here, but uh, I think that's the biggest that I'll get, so I say for right now. But yeah. I think Quick, that's knock on wood. Right? <laughs> but that's the biggest that... Um, I want for this current stage of my life, but it's, it's amazing. Uh-huh. That's awesome. So what made you want to grow and, and go the team route at where, where were you in your business when you were like, you know what, I think this is how I want to go. Cause I think a lot of people kind of, they think that that automatically needs to be the next step for themselves. And either yeah. they have trouble identifying when they're ready for it or whether or not it's actually the right step for them. So tell me about that. What, where were you in your business? What kind of, what signs from the universe did you get that it was yeah. time to go this way? <laughs> yeah. So for the longest, I always, you know, contemplated the idea of what would it be like for me to own my own team. And I think I kind of thought about that as a possibility because I was already freelancing for a couple of other teams. And I am the person who, like, if I see management and I have different perspectives of, oh, if, if I were the manager, I would manage things like this or I would manage things yes. like that. Mm-hmm. So. I always had the thought process, but personally, I really felt like I didn't want to have a team because I thought it was going to be too much responsibility, too much for me to handle. Mm -hmm. So I never really took it seriously until, like I mentioned prior, I invested in myself and then I started to really put some of those tips and tricks into action when it comes to showing up on social media. I started to gain a ton of momentum. And for me, I had to ask myself, okay, what do I want my business to actually do for me and you know mm-hmm. what does the long-term vision for my business look like so I knew for a fact that if I wanted to go far I needed people behind me because I would only be able to take so many bookings I am not the girl to do like two and three and four weddings in a day girls that do that or you know like stylists that oh do gosh. that like you are a different breed <laughs> but like absolutely for me, yeah. yeah like for me personally Personally, like, I get too much anxiety thinking, like, what about traffic? What about this? So Mm -hmm. for me, I really just have to ask myself, like, what is my long-term goal? What, how do I want my business to serve me down the line? And I knew eventually that I really wanted to take myself out of the business. So just kind of scheduling Mm -hmm. people and letting my business be a form of passive income for me. So it depends. It depends. Do you want your business to be, um, you know, your main bread and butter um, for yourself? 
yourself only and you don't really want to deal with other people, then I would just say, you know, hire an assistant, not necessarily grow a team. But if you mm-hmm. do really love, you know, the whole aspect of thinking, okay, well, this is the type of brand I want to build. This is the type of brand culture that I want. These are the type of people that I want to work for me. And these are the types of clients that I want to service them. Uh, really start to think about it because there's a lot of uh, personal leadership that you have to uh, show up in when it comes to managing people um, and just dealing with everybody's personalities. Thankfully, nobody on my team has an ego and they're all amazing. They're all amazing and just kind of learning how to give feedback best in a way that fits their personality, um, Mm -hmm. making sure that I have training and anything that they need so that I am setting them up for the best possible outcome being on my team so that they can grow personally as an artist. That's so important. I love that you do that for your people because I've definitely worked with, um, you know, other team owners or, you know, dealt with people who have a very different mindset of they're like, this is my business and you work for me and you're going to sign a non-compete and how dare you think about ever doing this on your own by yourself. You need, it's, it's just a toxic mentality. So when I see people in like Facebook groups and they're like, I want to grow a team. Um, you know, what do you think about non-competes? And I'm like, well, first of all, there's like a whole legal issue with that. And that's not going to work the way you think it's going to work, honey. Nice try. But also like, no, hun, you, got, you got to take yourself out of it. Take your ego out of it. You want these people to like love you yeah. and choose work for you. It's like, a, you know, a, a king ruling through fear versus ruling right. through the love of his people kind of thing. Yeah. You don't want to be that type of leader. You want people who want to work for you and want to see you succeed because it trickles down and it means that they succeed Absolutely. as well. So that's, that's so good that you do that for your people. And I love that. Uh, So how did you find these people? You said that some of them you had, you know, that had started out by like assisting you. Mm -hmm. Um, Where did you find them and where, how did you kind of transition them into, Hey, come work for me? Yeah. So one of the very first girls that started to uh, assist for me with like bigger weddings, I actually found her off of uh, my cosmetology school's job posting like Facebook page. So Mm -hmm. we have like a Facebook page of like alumni for people that are about to graduate. And I posted like, Hey, I'm doing a wedding and I need somebody who's interested in doing, you know, like hair and makeup this would be perfect for you to learn and uh one of my core girls who's one of my least uh stylists now she reached out and then when I thought about starting a team I actually went to Instagram and I went to the hashtags since I was in Charleston at that time Mm -hmm. I was just typing in you know like Charleston uh bridal makeup artist Charleston uh hairstylist and I really just started to look at people's work like who's being consistent who's showing up in their stories what is their personality like because that is a Mm -hmm. huge thing for me like I want to know what your personality is all about like are you a negative Nancy or are you like a positive Patty right so exactly yeah because I mean dealing with brides like you definitely need to have I don't want to say a certain type of personality but you definitely need to be versatile because one moment they could be happy and excited the next moment they're crying freaking out because they had too much mimosas like you have to be able to to, you know, adapt to those personality types. So I found most of my ladies off of uh, Instagram just from hashtag research. 
even when I mm-hmm. expanded, same thing, uh, Instagram. And then, you know, eventually, as we started to show up and be consistent, and I started talking about this is what our brand is about, this is who we serve, this is the type of trainings that I, you know, try and plan out for my artists, we started to have people just fill out applications on our website, just from seeing how I showed up as a business owner. So I think it kind mm-hmm. of goes both ways. You as an yes. owner, you finding people that match uh, like a certain kind of uh, personality that would make sense for the brand and who you serve. Yeah. And that's kind of like how you run a successful business in general is like you, you put yourself out there and you attract the right energy, oh, you know, yeah. you attract the right clients. Like if you're, mm-hmm. if you're well-branded and you have like a marketing strategy in place, you, you attract the right brides for your business because the people that come to you are going to be like oh no that's not the right vibe for me and Mm -hmm. employees is really very similar it's the same thing you know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna research you and be like that's the kind of team I want to work for that's the type of of vibe that I want to be around and like attracts like absolutely absolutely and that and it makes so much sense and even like for me sometimes when people they reach out or they'll send a dm and they're like hey i'm going to be moving to one of your servicing areas and i want to be on your team and then i go to their stories and it's just it's they're just not our vibe at all yeah and it's just like sorry we're not taking anybody at this time you know exactly so i mean i mean it definitely works both ways so absolutely i totally agree with that yeah. Now, are they employees? Do you have independent contractors? Oh, everybody is independent contractors, okay. um, except for uh, my assistant. So my assistant, she helps me like on the back end when it comes to uh, just like social media management and things like that. But everybody on my team, they're independent contractors. I created my own artist agreement. So you were talking about uh, non-competes. I don't believe in that. And that's literally mm-hmm. in my artist agreement. I say you can freelance for whoever it is that you want to. But I do ask like if you're working on a wedding for my brand, if you post work, like just tag us and I always reshare all of our girls work. I, I don't mm-hmm. believe in like competition like I will tag this was my artist you know so and so and tag them in our stories because they're just going to reshare it and then people see like oh my gosh people that work for them they're excited to work for their brand and it's not like a secret like oh well who did that which artist did that (laughs) exactly yeah you know it's great that you do that you know it I think it's a perfect example because when people you know they they ask about or they talk about you know non-competes they're scared Mm -hmm. They're scared to share their artists. They're scared to share, you know, who that person is. It's not, they're not coming from a place of selfishness. They're just coming from a place of fear because they don't understand how it can work in a different way, the way that you do it. And I think that's great that people should really, you know, look to that and be like, okay, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be like the toxic salon mentality of like they own the the employee you know the guests or something like that like that just always was (laughs) so crazy to me with a salon it's like look if your salon's a great salon and your artist moves like people find a new artist if it's convenient for them they like the pricing they like the experience that they get there then yeah they'll be loyal to your salon but if your salon just treats them like a name and a number, then yeah, they'll follow the artist because the artist is the one giving them the experience. And so if you build your business where the business gives the experience, then, you know, you don't have to be scared 
of the artist taking work from you. Like then you're hiring the wrong people. If you're scared of that, if you're, you don't have faith in your own business, if you're, if you're scared of that. Absolutely. I I totally agree with that. And like one thing that we do, so we're a little bit different. So I like to tell people that we're more of like a boutique bridal Mm -hmm. agency, which in my own definition, like we only take a handful of brides per year. And uh, personally, I like to take uh, larger bridal parties so that I can utilize my team more. And Mm -hmm. if there's like more smaller bookings, I'll just tell somebody like, hey, reach out to my artist directly. Like if it's a smaller booking, I'll just say reach out to, you know, Selena, reach out to Dominique, reach out to Shelby so that they can, you know, create their own package for them because we we specifically like to book the, the larger parties. So, I mean, even with that, they just see like, oh my gosh, she respects me. She's sending me work like for my own yeah. stuff. So like the way that you treat people, they're going to reciprocate it back to you. And they're going to say, hey, you need to book with, you know, this team and request me as your artist. Like, we will take care of you. So definitely how you treat your artist is going to come right back to you. Absolutely. I love that. So um, why did you decide to do them as the independent contractors? Was that because you wanted them to be able to have that flexibility and not have to worry about booking so many weddings to to fill their time kind of thing yeah a little bit of both so personally I don't want full responsibility to help somebody Mm -hmm. pay all of their bills I tell people straight out front I tell them you know this is not going to be like I'm going to book you throughout the whole month this is you know as as needed so you might have you know a couple bookings here a couple bookings there and it's always going to be based off of location since I do have girls um, located through four different states so A lot of the girls that are on my team, they have their own uh, salon studio, they freelance for other teams, they do their own thing, they do extensions, and I always reach out and let them know, like, hey, if you ever want, you know, additional bookings, if you're open for a certain time frame that you want to, you know, clear out, just let me know, like, hey, I have availability for spring, and I'm okay with traveling. So, for me, I didn't want that full responsibility to be in charge of covering everybody's bills, and that kind Mm -hmm. And give some flexibility to do what they want to do. I know for me, when I was working for um, a couple businesses, um, and just like you were saying, um, a lot of people like, oh, well, I don't want you to go work for other people. But it's like, if they're not complete, like they're not being able to provide you work so that you can pay all of your bills, then I mean, mm-hmm. that that comes with a whole different type of conversation and talk when it comes to booking. So I just wanted it to be more of a laid back experience. And for me, this is more of like a passive brand for me. And mm-hmm. I'm not really trying to book out, you know, 50 million weddings throughout the year so I can, you know, <laughs> help everybody exactly. with everything. Yeah. Yeah, I see some people who have teams and they'll do like 300, 400 weddings a year. And I'm like, holy shit, how do you keep that straight? Like, who has the mental capacity to remember the details of 400 fucking weddings a year? Like, how many people do you have? First of all, how many people do you have to have on your team to be able to handle that volume? But two, like the person who's handling 
all of the emails. They can't build a relationship with that many people. You know, it's like you have to, you have to have multiple people. Well, then how do you keep things organized of who's the touch point person for that? Can, can they build relationships? And it's just like, it's just becomes a factory at that point. And I don't understand how they operate those things. I'm just like, my brain hurts thinking about it. Obviously they've got it. Like, you know, like there's some that are just, super successful and done yeah. it for that way that for that long but I'm like Ugh. I'm I'm more like you I'm like I want to be a boutique yeah um, style experience and those are the style of of clientele that I want to work with you know um my hats off to the people that can do these you know 100 or more weddings a year I tried right. it I did my biggest year running a team we did 106 weddings oh my gosh and I was like I remember showing up on a wedding day (laughs) and walking into the room and I was the makeup artist on that wedding. I had met this bride. I'd met her months before for her trial. I did not know who in the room was the bride (laughs) until she came up and she was wearing the white robe that said bride. (laughs) And I literally realized this is a sign. This would, that was my sign from the universe of hi, we've now bitten off more than we can chew and we're choking. You know, I was like, I don't know who my bride is. What kind of experience am I really giving to her? If I'm like, yeah, sure. uh Uh-huh. You know, furiously shifting through my notes being like, what do we do for your makeup again? You know, like retell me everything. Cause I don't remember your story. (laughs) I don't remember your background, your details, like none of that. So yeah, that was the year where I hit major burnout at 106 weddings. And I was like, no, thank you. (laughs) And I mean, that, and that's such a good realization because I mean, like we have to understand what our own personal capacity is, not how many brides we can take on, but how many do we want to take on? And for me, I remember, (laughs) I remember I, I heard a story. Um, this was actually somebody that I actually used to help with. And, uh, she was talking about how she did a trial run for a bride and she, actually got her brides confused so she did a, a makeup and hair look from a whole nother bride on the bride for her wedding day and she's like this oh isn't even God. what we did and I'm just like listen that is the reason why I only take a small selection of clients and why we yeah. have our service minimum in place so I'm like I'm right there with you I'm not trying yeah I'm right there with you yeah you got to know what your own personal limit is because some yeah. people you know they'll do 50 60 weddings in a year and they're you know they're completely happy with that yeah. and I'm like that's amazing I I my brain was like no I did that the year that we did 106 56 of them I was the lead makeup artist on that wedding yeah and, and I think that's what really was, I was running the team. I had a business partner, but I was, mm-hmm. you know, between the two of us, we were, we were running the team. She handled some stuff. I handled other stuff. Like I handled all the booking and up to the, um, like the trial and the booking up to the wedding day kind of thing. And she handled yeah. all of like the financials, the invoicing, um, you know, payroll, like all of those kinds of things. Um, but all of the trials were at my home studio. So it was like, it, it was just so much trying to run for an entire team doing 
all of the admin plus the majority of the weddings. And I was just like, no, something's got to give. And then I gave. That was it. I was like, hi, you may have this business now. It is yours. I quit. We had a we had a couple of employees that ended up quitting on us within a week of each other, our two senior employees. And so basically all we had left was like, me and the other owner and a couple of assistants. Yeah. And I was like, oh, uh, no, that's not going to work. Okay. Can't do this. You you may have this yeah. and hopefully you can bring it back. And she did. You know, she went on and, and it's a super successful team. That was like eight years ago. Yeah. She still has a bunch of team members that's, that's awesome. you know, she hired shortly after I left. But I was like, this is not for me. I'm going to go back to working for myself after taking like two years off. Where I said, fuck weddings, I'm never doing them again. I hate this. And then I came back because I was like, no, I actually, I really love weddings. I did not like being a team owner. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, you have to kind of like put your toes in the water to see like, do I like this? Do I not like this? And if you change your mind, like that's okay. So yeah, absolutely try it out. If you don't like it, you can always go back. Exactly. You don't have to crash and burn like I did. You can just be like, hi, so I'm not going to book you guys out for anything anymore. I'm going to start to downsize and go from there. Um, But yeah, you never know what you're going to be like as a business owner or as, you know, a team leader until you're kind of in that role. Um, Because I had never been a manager before. I had never been, you know, like I was the, 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 business side of everything I had yeah. that all down but then when it came to managing other people I was like look just do what I fucking tell you to do <laughs> that's not a good boss <laughs> that is not what people like so oh, it, it, it was not good for me <laughs> um so what would you say is a good indicator for somebody who is ready for a team so if there's somebody listening here now and they're like wow Jasmine had an amazing experience Suzanne had a shit experience maybe now like what should I think about to decide for themselves do they want to try it like what is your recommendation for people to to say hmm is this time for me Yeah, I will say definitely depending on a couple of things. One, how many weddings are you booking for the year? So I know we're kind of like at the like the tail end of, you know, 2021. But how many bookings do you want to book for the year? And just like I was saying, like, do you need an assistant or do you need an actual team? And then when it comes to, you know, really stepping into that team role, there's a couple of things that you definitely need to know. For me, I needed to learn how to be a leader. I am an introverted extrovert at heart. I Mm -hmm. don't really like to be in charge of people and for Mm -hmm. me what I had to learn was I had to learn how to give constructive criticism in a way that wasn't uh downplaying right in a way that Mm kind of empowered Mm -hmm. them but doesn't make them feel like oh well that was shit (laughs) yeah he doesn't like me yeah and also (laughs) um I definitely had to learn how to have hard conversations um I have probably well I have officially let go of one person but I had to let go in total of three people in the very early mm-hmm. stages when I had um, assistants and they didn't really do things in the way that I liked them to do it I just mm-hmm. left them on red and never responded back and that's 
terrible. That's terrible because I I didn't like confrontation. I was like, okay, well, let me just, uh, I just won't respond and hopefully they will get the hint. Don't do that. Don't do what old young me did. But, you know, now when I have, you know, situations come up, you know, I like to get, you know, the full understanding of the situation. And then I'll just let them know like, hey, this isn't going to be a good fit for, you know, what I have going on. Um, And I love to be sure that people understand what expectations of them up front so mm-hmm. that there's no guessing games. So even like in my artist um, agreements, definitely have some kind of artist agreement, what you expect them to do, uh, you know, when they're going to get paid, how they're going to get paid. If there's yeah. dress code, you know, here in COVID world still, you know, uh, if there's anything that you require um, as a business owner for me, I don't make people, you know, get, you know, I don't want to talk vaccine talks, but I don't make people, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, do anything yeah. like that. Like, this is your body, it's your choice. But, you know, obviously, if you don't feel good, find yourself a replacement. So those are yeah. just some of the things that I like to tell people up front, just so they know this is how I run the show. If you have any questions, I'm always open and available for any conversations that you want to have. And I feel like the way that I kind of presented, you know, how I want to run things, people they have their own level of respect for me so I Mm -hmm. I just love the ladies that are on my team and they respect me which like I still have some of the same people that helped me like back back in the day who are on my team today so definitely you just have to understand your own bs and be willing to work on you so that your brand can thrive yeah That's so important. Yeah. I was not at that point in my life. I was not in that mental space to, to like take objective looks and be like, what was I doing wrong at that point? How could I have been a better leader? I didn't have that mental capacity. I was too young, Mm -hmm. you know, like not that I was like super young, but you know, I mentally and emotionally, I was still too young at that point. And with two small children, I was being pulled in way too many directions. You know, I felt the weight of the world on my shoulders every night when I went to bed because we decided to make the people that work for us employees Mm -hmm. and because we wanted full total control. We wanted to mandate, you know, what they wore, what products they used in their kit, Mm -hmm. you know, like literally everything. We had them sign a non-compete. It's like, you know, now looking back objectively, I'm like, I can spot all of these little things that I did wrong. But in the moment, it was like we were operating from a a place of fear Mm -hmm. of, you know, we don't want them working for somebody else. We don't want them trying to steal our brides or undercut us. And it's like we kept everybody really in the dark, Mm -hmm. you know, and then it was like, here, you get to meet them at the trial. And then you don't know anything else about their wedding day until you show back up. And, you know, it was just we, we did a lot of things wrong. And I wasn't able to look at and be like, maybe the way that we're running things is is the problem here. Um, and I wasn't ready to to admit my mistakes. And now I'm older and wiser and I help other people avoid those mistakes. And I can say from, you know, experience, be like, so let me tell you a story about why that may not go the way you think it's going to go right now. I have a lot of those kinds of stories that I can share with people about, you know, team building. So you definitely have to be able to, to step back and and take your ego and be like, all right, if I want to be successful, is what I'm doing 
leading towards that or leading me away from it? And what do I need to do? What do I need to change about this situation? Am, am I am I adding fuel to the fire or am I putting it out? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Um, so what kind of expenses should a team order be prepared for that they might not be thinking about? Because it's like, okay, we got the whole team, you know, leadership and the mindset and all those kinds of things. Let's talk a little bit about like the more nitty gritty details about like money and, and things like that. Does suddenly having a team suddenly mean, you know, you're making two, three times as much or you're, what other kinds of things are now added to your your plate expense wise yeah so to be completely honest i love low expenses high profit so when it comes to how i run things i mean i send my my girls uh like google calendar links uh which that's mm-hmm. completely free um and then i use uh, my honeybook crm system so that mm-hmm. i can you know keep track of my clients and i also have like questionnaires um so i can kind of gather you know trial run inspo skin sensitivity so that my artists are you know well aware of any important details details you know prior to their trial runs and things like that um but one thing that i am definitely going to be investing in going into 2022 as i get some more back-end help is um uh, what is it like a payment system? So currently okay. right now, um, I've been either paying my girls through like a check or um, I used to use a Venmo. So I think there's one called like Gusto or something like that. But Gusto, yes, yeah, yes, Gusto, Gusto, yes, and I've it's like direct deposit. So that way you don't have oh. to manually always send people, uh, you know, money and things like that. And it's like, oh wait, did I pay her or did I pay them? who did I pay and you just have a system that does it for you or you just have somebody that's over payroll that can you know divvy things out at the end of the week or on the wedding day depending on how you run your own thing awesome so do you do any additional type of advertising or do you cover like I know that everybody is like independent contractors but do Mm -hmm. you cover any anything of what they do like do you provide anything or is it a hundred percent like here I just give you the details and you show up and do your own thing yeah so it's more so um like I provide the details um they definitely like send me photos uh of their work that they do um if it's like you know cell phone photos I promote it online uh that helps us get the bookings but we don't really have too much um expenses because most of our marketing is organic which is like free based mm-hmm. marketing I'm a marketing nerd so we have you know different aspects of how people find us through our website of course that's an expense but our expenses are pretty low website honeybook um we have the the paid uh google uh so we have like the at alterimage.com which is my brand's name um Mm -hmm. but yeah we don't have too too many expenses uh so yeah we, we keep things pretty low over here yeah, me too. That's how I, and you know, again, that's like how I coach where I'm like, hi, you don't need to be spending, you know, $600 a month advertising on these kinds of things. Like if you, if you get your, your grassroots marketing yeah. down, you know, you, your organic marketing, if you have a great website that's going to be optimized, people are going to all drive to that and 
Google is going to put it out there for you. If you have a great social media presence, if you have a great referral system, if you have a great network, it's like all these other things, you know, but I see some people who go out there and who like, oh, I have a team. I need to fill so many bookings. Let me get into this contract with the knot and pay, you know, three, $400 a month to advertise my team. And it's like, oh, that's probably not great to start out with. (laughs) You're putting yourself in a hole. And I'll be honest, when I was a solo artist, definitely the first uh, year that I had my team, I did have uh, like the premium, whatever, like the highest uh, spot is on the knot. I definitely had that for a year. I think I did their, their email blast one time, which I think was Mm -hmm. like 800 bucks. And I was like, I got no bookings from that. Yes. And I like looking back, I spent so much money to just have like my brand's photo and my brand's website on a platform for people to just kind of say like, uh, maybe not, or, Ooh, maybe I'll click them. Let's get some prices. But even with that, just like you were saying, like your grassroots marketing is how you can one, build a community around your brand, especially on Instagram, Facebook, wherever you show up. So definitely don't think that you need to look professional and, you know, get a nod or, you know, wedding wire uh, platform. You are definitely professional with or without it. So absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm, I feel bad and I not feel bad at the same time wishing like they would just go away. (laughs) Well, they have so many changes and I've been hearing that they've been doing people dirty lately. So they've been doing people dirty for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're, they're really bad. They're, I hope they got kind of go the way of Yelp where it's just like, nobody really uses that anymore. That's old. Hi, it's not the early 2000s anymore. No one uses Yelp. You know, (laughs) um, it's just like, they, they've screwed so many people over and they've gotten more and more expensive and they just continue oh, yeah. to put so many things out there um, that do a huge disservice to the actual vendors. And they're like, hi, pay us hundreds of dollars a month, but then we're going to fuck you over in the back end. You know, we're going to tell our brides to uh, ask you for discounts and that they oh, only need God. to book hair and makeup three <laughs> months before their wedding. You know, all this bullshit yeah. that you know doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, we're going to just completely undercut what the average for your area is so that the brides come in with this expectation of it being super cheap. And it's just like, <laughs> no, thank you. Let me get you a bridal suck it. Like, $50. What? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, no, please, please don't. Please don't put buttons on my profile that allows them to spam me with that stupid message of being like, hi, we're having a 500 or a 50 to 100 person wedding. And we really like the vibe. I'm like, wow, hi, canned response. Did you even look at my website? Like, I hate those things. And yeah, so if anybody's listening and you feel like you wanted to DM me about, so should I advertise with the knot or a wedding wire? The answer is no. Just you know, yeah. Casey hadn't picked up on that. Yeah. I am not a proponent of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not a fan. So, um, when you are when it comes to like paying mm-hmm. your people, so they're independent contractors. You're you're looking into that. I I just heard about Gusto too, and I think it's a really yeah. awesome option. Um, if somebody's building a team and they're trying to put together their numbers and to figure out, you know what percentage to take off the top to cover what they're doing and all those kinds of things. What is a good percentage range to expect when it comes to paying out your artists? Cause just because a wedding is a booking for $2,000 does not mean that $2,000 comes and stays with the business and you can pay that yeah. to yourself. You clearly, you have to pay your artists mm-hmm. out of that. 
what oh, should yeah. they expect for that? So I like to recommend the book Profit First because I feel like the way <gasps> yes, that yes, bro. I feel like the way that uh, Mike Michalowicz. I have no idea how to spell his last name. Michalowicz. Michalowicz. Yeah, I think Michalowicz. So definitely just search Profit First because I'm not gonna embarrass myself and try to spell that. But but you definitely want to make sure one that you are paying yourself that you are putting mm-hmm. money aside for taxes yes. <laughs> as well as, you know, the percentage or, you know, flat rate that you want to pay your artist. So for me, I'll be honest, I make a lot of decisions and I like to analyze, okay, how did that actually work? And I start to kind of backtrack to see how I can kind of shift things around. The first year that I had my team, um, I think everybody was getting like the same percentage, which I think I was paying everybody like 80%. Um, Mm. So I had low profit for myself (laughs) and I was like, okay, that doesn't make any sense, Jasmine. Let's do some revamp. So now where I am now, um, you know, depending on the level of artists um, mm-hmm. and the way that I kind of figure it out is I like to ask people, like, what is your personal speed? Like, how many people can you handle? How many people do you want to handle? And mm-hmm. when it comes to figuring out that, like, if they're a little bit newer, if they take a little bit longer when it comes to services, I'm going to pay them about like 75 to like 70 percent commission. And then for mm-hmm. my um, more seasoned artists, um, I have flat rates that I'm starting to implement, um, that I started to implement um, mid-year and especially going into 2022. One, because inflation, things are getting expensive. Yes, so girl, we, yeah, girl, yes. So I've raised our prices up, but I wanted to make sure that when I raised our prices, that our artists will, st- were, they were still getting a decent amount of income. I didn't want to take away any kind of percentages that they were already getting. So I just raised our prices so that they can get a little bit more, but I'm getting at least like 35 to 40% commission off of services. So I did that, but you also have to figure out okay, what expenses do you have as a mm-hmm. business owner? And take into consideration your website travel if you are on location like myself so some things that I like to take into consideration is quarterly maintenance on my car (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you need that Uh, marketing materials any kind of advertising that you're going to do if it's like Facebook ads Instagram ads write it down how much do you want to budget out for the year and then that's going to help you figure out okay how much are they going to get paid should I do a flat rate or should I do a a commission-based percentage so it definitely depends on the person but the main things set aside some money for taxes set aside money for yourself as a business owner and make sure that your artists are getting paid um you know like a decent amount of money and it's going to be it's going to vary based off of location i'm in the carolinas carolinas is expensive in other Mm -hmm. places um they're not as expensive so it's completely up to your own personal lifestyle and living situation yeah definitely yeah like in in northern virginia like it's it's ridiculous. It's so <laughs> it's so expensive here. And you want to make sure that, you know, like you said, you're paying these people a decent amount. If if you want them to be loyal to you and if you, you know, if you have people that are going to contract with multiple companies, mm-hmm. naturally they're going to probably give pre- you know, preference to the company that pays them oh, the yeah. most. You know, it's like you can you can add additional value, like you add trainings and all those kinds of things, and you really work to nurture 
um, your employees and, and or your contractors and, and treat them really well. But at the end of the day, if you're paying them significantly less than everybody else, you got to take a look at your business model and be like, all right, is this sustainable? Am I going to have to constantly be replacing these employees mm -hmm. or am I going to have to constantly be growing my team because nobody's ever available for the dates that I need them for? Yeah. You have to make it worth it to them for you to be a priority on their, on their scheduling. Yeah. And, and one thing that I do want to kind of put in there is, you know, for me, for the, for the ladies that are on my team and why I feel like they love me so much is because I'm always asking them, like, if there's a trial run, I'm like, Hey, we have a bride. She's interested. She wants a trial run on this date. Are you available? If so, what time frames work best for you? I'm not just going to be mm -hmm. like, okay, you're going to be out there at two thirty or, you know, whatever. And I always mm -hmm. ask them, like, how many, you know, hair services, how many makeup services are you comfortable, you know, working? Because some people, they get a little bit anxious if it's like, oh, we have eight services today. And they're just like in their head the whole time. But I mm -hmm. don't really, I, I specifically book things out within like certain time frames. And I always make sure like, okay, I know she doesn't want more than five. I know she's speedy gonzalez over there so i i'm yeah. sure that i understand you know what works best for their own personality type because if you're just booking them out on what you think is best for them they're gonna be like okay this isn't for me anymore i'm just gonna tell her i'm not available so definitely feel their personality out and don't be afraid for to, to ask for feedback like hey how can i make this you know, 10 times better of an experience for you. Me as a leader, what would you like for me to provide for you as my artist? So definitely ask those questions, survey them. I love serving my artists. I love serving my brides because that's how you make your brand better. Yes, it is. It's true. It truly is. And kind of like going back to that ego thing that I said earlier, it was mm -hmm. like, I, I clearly did not have that mindset. And um, you know, felt the burn from it. And now when I'm, I'm booking people as assistants, cause I don't have a team of people anymore, but I do take large bookings mm -hmm. and I have a very strong network and we're all independent, you know, artists yeah. and we contract for each other as assistants kind of thing. So I have yeah. built my network that way, but I still, I, I take into mind like, okay, so-and-so is better at hair than they are at makeup or faster, mm -hmm. you know, more, just more comfortable with it. Do, do I want them to be focusing on hair? Okay. If they're going to be doing hair for me, then that means that I'm going to take on more of the makeup or mm -hmm. if I'll, I'll look at a wedding and be like, okay, um, I want to be doing the hair for the bridal party. Who can be my makeup assistant? that day and I'll kind of either speak to people individually or if I, it's like a large wedding I do um six services per artist so anytime a bride if they say they have 12 people mm -hmm. and they all need hair and makeup I'm like then we need four artists we yeah. need two people doing hair and two people doing makeup and so then I need to be like okay who's available these three people are available to assist me great um who's going to be doing the makeup alongside me or who's going to be doing hair alongside me and who are the other two going to be doing what are they going to be doing how do these personalities work together because even with assisting it's like there are certain people I know don't put them in the same room together they I may work really well with them individually but they're not going to have the same energy when they're in the room together so um it's it's kind of managing those aspects too 
with managing people's personalities and people's energy and, and who's going to be faster or more competent and who's going to be the kind of person who's like, okay, I'm done with my stuff. I'm going to leave now. And is that okay? Or should everybody stick around until the very last moment and everybody, you know, walks into the room together and walks out of the room together? Like, how do you want to structure those type of things? There's a lot of little details that you have to kind of think about and be like, all right, what's going to not just work for timing wise, but what's going to work energy wise? Absolutely. Energy is such a huge thing. And especially for like some of our artists when they're learning, like I'll have like a hairstylist and she's like, hey, I really want to learn makeup. And I'll start to kind of put more makeup on their their like headcount because I do a timeline. Mm-hmm. So I know, yeah. okay, I'm going to have her rock out all of these hair services. And then I'll stick her with a makeup service as her last service so she can like be in a yeah. calm headspace and not overthink the process. And then uh, when it comes to, you know, just like the overall energy, like, I feel like one, all of our girls, we, we work really good together. But just how you said, like, if somebody is Speedy Gonzalez and they're finished, I tell all of my team members, hey, if you are scheduled with seven services, but you're not like finishing all of your services, so and so is going to complete whatever is left over if they're done uh you know ahead of time but personally i'm type a so i have buffer time for the buffer time for extra buffer yes, time because too, i don't play i don't play any games <laughs> yeah i'm always like walking out of there 45 minutes earlier and they're like Listen. wow you're so fast and i'm like no i just built in way more time right than I need, so i'm it makes always. me look really good <laughs> always So I let them know, like, hey, if so-and-so runs, you know, behind on any of her timeline services, like, go over there, take a hair, take a makeup, whatever makes sense, let her know, hey, I'm going to take your last one, or I'm going to help out. And even in the situations where we have had somebody fill in, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And it's not like, oh my gosh, no, I'm almost done. It's like, we don't have any egos. Like, everybody knows that we are here to make sure that the bride and their bridal party gets done on time. It's not about you so absolutely yeah like I've I have some some people who you know assist for me who have had conflicts at at, at other weddings and stuff and so it's like oh okay we don't put those people together anymore they they had a conflict they did not work well together in this situation and you know and whether any of my friends are listening to this episode (laughs) like y'all know me I I I love to listen to what anybody has to say about situations and stuff like that everybody always come like sends me the dm well they'll be like so did you hear like I don't (laughs) share it with anybody else I would never you know put that back out there mm-hmm. or whatever but like if somebody's had a conflict with somebody else I'm like okay I know about that you know and like mm-hmm. I, I always keep those notes in the back of my mind and a lot and a lot of people in my area will be like so um I'm thinking about having so-and-so assist for me and I'm one of the people that they think of to come to because they're like Suzanne probably knows the tea Damn. and if I ask her she'll be honest about you know like I won't necessarily always like go in and spill but I may just be like um you might want to talk to so-and-so about the that situation there's something you may want to be aware of I'm not gonna be like so you know what they did at this or whatever like that's not how I am (laughs) but I do like to kind of keep tabs on like hey so what happens 
just so I know like who not to put together on my my teams so to speak and whatnot and whose energy may not be the best right now or or something like that we we have like a, a chat group or whatever and someone will say you know, they'll put into the chat group, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about working with so-and-so person, whether it's a photographer mm-hmm. or another person who's saying, hey, I need help on this wedding. And we all kind of jump in with a, a thumbs up or a thumb down kind yeah. of type thing of like, yes, good energy, good person, nothing bad to report. Or some people might be like, so, yeah, I've, talk to so-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that happen to me before. I've had um, another owner who I absolutely love. She she owns a, a hair and makeup team. And she was just kind of telling, like, one of the girls who was interested in working for her, like, oh, these are some of the people who, you know, randomly freelance with me. And, like, when she said my name, she was like, wait, do you know her? And the girl, like, started acting all weird. And then she reached out to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's one of the girls who was supposed to help me with the wedding. And she actually stood me up and never showed up yeah so, and yeah, yeah I've, I've also had like wedding planner friends who I would say like oh well, I'm interested in you know hiring people I know that you worked with them on a gig like what was your experience and they were literally yep. tell me so oh yeah it's a it's it's a small place y'all it's a small place yeah so be nice <laughs> even yeah even in the northern Virginia area where there are like thousands upon thousands of weddings that happen every year in in the DMV. You know, we all kind of know if we don't know you personally, we Somebody know who knows you are. Mm-hmm. I worked with a, a a boudoir photographer actually earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um and we were chatting and um I knew who she was before she reached out to me because one of my best friends um has worked for her in the past before. And so mm-hmm. she sent me an email and was like, Oh, Hey, you know, I'm, I, I need somebody last minute. Um, you know, what my artist that was supposed to do it is not available today, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And she was like, Oh, here's my website. Here's my information or whatever. And I sent her an email back and was like, yeah, I know who you are. You know, so-and-so speaks very highly of you. And I know several other photographers who I've heard mention this photographer and I know several other makeup artists or whatever. And she was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, these people. And I was like, yeah, I kind of like low key know pretty much everybody in the area. I like to keep (laughs) my finger on the pulse of, you know, my local market because I never know when I'm going to need last minute help. Or, you know, if somebody asks me to come and work for them, I like to know what kind of energy they bring to the situation. Like, are they a good person or or are they a pain in the ass kind of thing? Like, do they pay on time or do they deliver images on time? You know, like all these little things where I'm like, yeah, okay, there's a new person in this area. Let me, like you would talk about like looking for team members. Mm -hmm. I look people up on Instagram all the time. I'm like, oh, cool. That's somebody who's near me. Let me find out. Let me see the photographers that they've worked with. Who do I know in, you know, in their circles and and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I like to check her reviews too. Yeah. You know, because I never know what opportunities it's going to bring me or when Mm -hmm. I'm going to need somebody else especially with covid this last year i feel like i've really um taken a lot more time to build up that background knowledge of like who people are like i look you know different photographers or different wedding planners who the artists that they tag Mm -hmm. you know for weddings and i'm like oh okay they do great work you know let me 
you know, just keep an eye on them and who they are. If I need somebody last minute, I have a fallback list of, mm-hmm. hey, if I can't, if I can't do something or if, um, you know, a friend of mine is like, hey, I need somebody last minute. The person who was going to assist me bailed. I, you know, I'm like that girl who's like, hold on a second, let me find you somebody, you know, and I'll spend the next 30 minutes being like, okay, so-and-so said that they're available. Yeah. I give, I give my gold star. I give my thumbs up emoji kind of thing and be like, Hey, reach out to them. I love making connections and you never know who in your market is that person kind of like me, who is like, I'm going to know who everybody is and like, see who I can hook up. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. So, um, all right. Let's move on because I feel like I've just like totally taken things off track here. I apologize. I kind of get really excited about talking about things and then these these things go and I'm like, how did I even get on that? I'm I'm going to reel myself back in. Um, When it comes to managing the workflow of, of a lot more weddings than what somebody would be taking on for themselves, what do you think is important to keep in mind and and what do you what tips do you have when it comes to like managing those things yeah so the workflow so i'll talk about the workflow in two different ways so workflows Mm -hmm. uh when it comes to like back-end automation automation is my jam so what i love to do is i am a very like strategic based thinking nerd and I love to create kind of a strategic client journey and Mm -hmm. I have a ton of automation in place so for me I know that most of our clients with COVID it's kind of gotten a little bit different but typically our brides book between like six months to like a year out now it's like Uh three months so with that I know okay this trigger point needs to send this email at you know 12 weeks out this email needs to send out you know six weeks out and it's basically like trial run planning uh i like to gather details i like to send out helpful suggestions like some of the common questions should i get extensions what should i do for my hair how should i prep it what product recommendations so i have strategic ways of how i service my clients on autopilot built into Mm -hmm. my my automation system with honeybook and then uh so just kind of like brainstorm uh like put it on a big piece of paper okay from point a from when they book to point b to their actual wedding day what things do i need to do manually and what things can i set up you know with automation so that's a kind of way that you can kind of map it out absolutely yes and then when it comes to like workflows with like your daily workflows this is where i love to talk about asana so asana it's completely free um Mm -hmm. like a project management tool i think they have other apps like uh monday.com or something like that but Mm -hmm. what i do is i have you know my my work agenda from monday tuesday wednesday thursday personally i don't like to schedule myself to work you know seven days a week because you want to have a life outside your business so 100 percent Oh, yeah. So for those days that I'm working, I know, okay, on Mondays, I'm focusing on client admin, and I'm connecting with brides who are getting married in the next three months, I do everything quarterly based. So I was Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, when this quarter started in, you know, early October, um, I was already done with all of our brides timelines, all of their details, you know, for our brides getting ready up until, you know, December. So I was done with, you know, three months of work. 
at the beginning of this quarter because I have things strategically mapped out based off of the client journey that I built for them. So have like, this is what I do on Mondays. This is what I do on Tuesdays. Wednesdays and Thursdays that way you're not really neglecting like oh well today I want to work on my website and you're working on your website for a week but then you forget to like go and do your emails and things like that yeah uh-huh. kind of neglect your clients so have a strategic way of how you're showing up in your workday and you know if you're somebody that doesn't really like structure to be honest all of the structure that I teach my, my, my clients and I talk about it's learned structure because I am a free spirit at heart. I kind of want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. So mm-hmm. for me, I had to figure out how can I make my workday shorter? And I did that by having themed workdays. So figure out what are the things that I'm mostly doing? How can I, you know, create a day where I'm focusing on certain tasks on certain days? And that allows you to shorten up your workday drastically. And you're not trying to do emails, Canva, write a post on Instagram, you know, market in a Facebook group. You're not trying to do, you know, 50 million things in one day, which can be a huge energy drain. So those are yeah. two tips for, you know, the workflow for the back end and how you're showing up in your daily flow. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like if I I live and die by my automation. So that's exactly how I train people too. Because it's like whether you have one artist, you're just booking for yourself or you have a team of 17, 30, Mm -hmm. 50 people, you know, if you have automations and you have the same things happening at the same time with every, you know, it's like it's it takes care of itself. There's no yeah. more, okay, well, what do I need to do today? It's okay. It's the first of the month yep. or it's the first day of the quarter. These are the tasks that I do, or even, you know, simplify down to, okay, Mondays, what are my goals for Mondays? Every Monday I'm going to like for myself now, it's like I update the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, I make sure that, you know, it's updated on the website and that the feed has gone out and then I promote it on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, but then it's like, okay, at the beginning of my week, I want to double check on invoices. I want to make sure that I'm following up with anybody. I sent emails out last week that they haven't gotten back to me now that the weekend is over. It's like every Monday, my routine is the same to start yeah. my week off properly. Yeah. You know, and it's like, if I get my Monday tasks done, I'm going to have a smooth week. And if there's, you know, a few things that don't happen on Monday, well, then those have to get done on Tuesday. But, you know, I know, okay, these are the kinds of things that can get pushed to a Tuesday. And these are the kinds of things that have to happen on a Monday. And I can I can keep myself structured that way um, so that I know, all right, Mondays and Tuesdays, those are my bigger days for doing things because the closer I get to a weekend, the, the less my brain is in that mode and it's in, all right, I got a wedding this weekend. I got two weddings this weekend. Who am I assisting for? Who's assisting for me? And like making sure all those details, it's like my priorities shift throughout the week. And so like you said, with themed days, I'm the exact same way. I don't want to be thinking about emails and all those kinds of things and invoicing all that stuff at the end of the week. I want to think about have I restocked my kit? Are all my brushes clean? Have I sanitized everything? Is it packed by the door, ready to go? What days am I going to be doing stuff? So yeah, I think that's really good um, to point out for people with with workflows and, and managing things and managing your time. If you can get yourself into even just like a simple routine of what's beginning of the week stuff, what's end of the week stuff. 
um, then your brain knows what to expect. Are you feeling overwhelmed with the daily inbox tasks needed to keep your bridal business running smoothly? Do you struggle to keep all your emails, files, contracts, and invoices organized and your brides on a schedule for payments and prep before the wedding day? Do you find it frustrating and time-consuming communicating with your bride's vendors and following up for photos or reviews? Well, then you need a CRM system, my friend. A client relationship management system will help save you hours of your time and grow your relationships with your brides and her vendors so that you can turn your past brides into the ultimate referral machine. HoneyBook is my preferred system and I have been using it for years. I'm sure you've heard of it by now as it's one of the top CRMs in the bridal industry today. Maybe you've tried it before but found the system for setting it up time consuming or complicated. Well, I've got just the solution for you. I've created the perfect training to walk you through step-by-step step how I set up my HoneyBook backend to keep me organized, optimized, and automated so that I'm saving so much time running my bridal hair and makeup business and seriously upgrading my client experience. Head to www.swearsanddoeshair.com HoneyBook for information on how you can access this training as well as an amazing offer to get started with HoneyBook yourself. I'm even sharing my entire email series templates with you so you can not only wow your brides from first contact, but also get your HoneyBook up and running even faster. Use coupon code PODCAST at checkout and save 50% off the training for a limited time. All right, so um, there's going to be a little hiccup to the recording here, and hopefully I'll be able to smooth that out with that. Uh, we got kicked off online, and we're back now, so um, hopefully I was able to figure stuff out, and you heard a nice little fun commercial. So, all right, um, we were talking about workflows and automations and all of that kind of stuff, so we'll kind of step away from that topic. I'm pretty sure we got through all of that. Um, but we'll kind of start to, to wrap things up and, and round things out there. Um, I want to know a little bit more about your business Did and how things shifted when you brought on a team for you as an artist. Did you start working less physically when you brought on a team? Or did you just add more bookings to the schedule? How did what you do within the company shift once you became a team member? Yeah, so when I became a team owner, uh, I definitely started to put myself uh, with my artists. So I was kind of operating as the lead artist, and they were more kind of like my artist assistant or like my second artist. Now, mm -hmm. where I am going in the direction of life where I'm going now, so I just recently got engaged, and we're definitely uh, planning on, you know, starting a family soon within like the next couple of months. So, oh, exciting! Thank you, thank Congrats. you. Thank Awesome. Thank you. Thank yes. you. So what I'm doing now, um, which I'm transitioning into that at the moment is, you know, hiring or uh, putting my artists more as like, this is going to be your lead artist. And then the other artists are going to be more of like their second artist. So yeah. I am kind of more so 
heavily leaning into my agency model so that mm-hmm. I have like my core, you know, like lead artists. And then I have like more of those uh, younger artists kind of assisting them in that way. Um, I can take myself completely out of the business, which is my huge goal for 2022 for me to have, you know, my email support people, um, you know, my assistant helping me and things like that so that I can literally sit on the couch and let my business run without me having to physically be there or physically manage it. So that's the direction that we're going into um, going into 2022. So it definitely shifted as Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like okay I, I like this but what is my long-term goal so always going back to what your long-term vision is and for me I definitely want to take myself out of this so that I can start planning and prepping for a little family that's awesome yeah I think a lot of people jump into team ownership without that kind of in mind they just see well I'm turning away so many business or you know so many brides so much mm-hmm. business if I brought on a team we'd be able as a company to to take all of this yeah. on and then they forget to be like okay so at what point do you start to walk away or are you just going to do weddings for forever um and they forget that their role kind of has to shift and evolve as the business shifts and evolves so it's awesome that you know you you know that for yourself and that you recognize that for yourself and and you're able to have this business model set up where you can do that because some people don't you know they're just like well if i just stop working then i'm just not making any money anymore and then what do i do and their identity is tied so much to you know, being on site at weddings. And it's like, well, you know, we can shift, we can grow as our business grows as well. And, and that is kind of like where I am right now, like shifting the identity. And I'm just kind of like, who am I if I'm not going out and doing weddings? (laughs) Like, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Huge shift. Cause I mean, like I personally, I've been doing this for, um, since 2013, I got my business you know, in 2014. So I've been doing this for about like eight, eight and a half years in the bridal mm-hmm. world. So like all I've been doing is just going on vacation and doing weddings. But I tell people like you are more than your, you know, external talent. There's other ways for you to utilize your skills without being tied to the one thing that you know how to do there's so many things that you know how to do you just have to allow yourself to grow and expand with your business or you will find that your business has become like your full-time job and not like a company right you don't want to build you know a, a prison for yourself yes too many people have the idea that the ceo is it has to be like the, the do everything kind of person and that, you know, that that means getting up at 5am and the grind and the hustle. And it's like, I think that, you know, pop culture has kind of put us in this really bad mindset of what CEO is. And, you know, we see movies and TV shows and stuff like that of these people with the the, the power suits and the 5am this and the whatever and the business meetings and you know and it's just like to some people that just doesn't seem good you know like they're yeah. just like oh I couldn't do that I don't want to do that and so they they avoid the CEO position of their business and they'll mm-hmm. be like well I'll just I just want to do pretty stuff I just want to do 
you know, the hair, I just want to do the makeup or whatever, and I'll figure the rest out. And it's like, no, you, you still have to at some point shift into that CEO role, whether that means managing a team or individually, you still have to be like, okay. Yeah, create mm-hmm. your exit plan. Yeah, what's what's my growth strategy? Yes. Where are my goals? Where is this going? At what point do I say enough? At what point do I say this? How, you know, at what point do I stop doing 40 or 50 weddings a year and say, you know what, I'm only going to do 30. I'm only going to do 25. I'm only going to do 15. And, you know, do you back yourself down or do you hit burnout and go, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore at all. Like you have to figure out where you're going or else you're just going to, you're going to hit a speed bump in the road that just sends you flying. Yeah. And you're not going to, you know, it's, you're never going to see it coming and you're just going to kind of hit a point where you're like, and fuck this, you know, <laughs> like I've seen yep. just so many people hit that speed bump, especially in the last year where they're like, never mind. There's been a mass exodus from the beauty industry oh. this past year. So many people have been like, nope, can't handle this because they didn't have that long-term strategy and they didn't, yeah. they didn't know what was next for themselves and how to shift themselves within the roles of their business to, to manage it. They just let life happen to them. And the oh, successful yeah. businesses are the ones who've been able to take that and turn around and go, that's cool. That sucked, but we're moving on. You yeah. know, they, they're the ones who had those long-term goals. They were already planning what they're going to do in 2022, 2023, yeah. back in 2019. They, oh, yeah. and 2020 came along, 2021 came along, and they were like, that's fine. That was a speed bump. Maybe it set me back six months. Maybe it set me back a year. Maybe it sped up my timeline for growing a team. Maybe it set up my sped up my timeline for becoming an educator or getting out of the industry or whatever. And so it doesn't have to be a you suddenly hit a wall kind of thing, and that's when you're done. You can plan. Like you said, you called it an exit strategy, and that's perfect because you can absolutely have your exit strategy and that is, you know, what you're working towards. And it feels kind of weird, you know, to like put it in that mindset of like, wait, I'm going to be working towards my retirement and quitting. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah, it feels weird, you know, and you're like, wait, what does that mean? And it's like, well, you know, you have to know how long am I really going to do this for? And what do I need to do to stay successful every step along the way? Absolutely. And I think team building is a huge aspect to it because it can be a very powerful exit strategy for people. Absolutely. And something that I want to just kind of like add into there, like the same thing, I've seen so many people burning out so many people, like, especially in like some of these groups that I'm in, like I've, the number of times that I've seen somebody say like, you know, I love doing, you know, bridal hair and makeup, but I'm sacrificing all of my Saturdays, I can't be home with my family, like I'm starting to Mm -hmm. resent my business. And there's a lot of people who think, oh, well, you know, COVID knocked us on our butt the year prior, I have to catch up. So they already are thinking that they are behind. So they're, they're doing the most, I used to call myself team too much back in the day, but they're doing the most thinking that they have to book themselves out, you know, one to two years out in advance, when really all you have to do is sit down and create your own business model. Do you want to be working every Saturday? Do you Mm -hmm. want to only work seasonal in the spring and in the fall when it's busy? And also learn how to pivot, learn how to pivot and blend your long-term goals into your business model. I talk a lot about this, like in a hybrid business model, which is what I have. 
have an online mm-hmm. extension of my brand and, as well as you. So ask yourself, how can I integrate the things that I want to do into my business model right now? It doesn't have to be, oh, in 10 years, I'll start educating. Why can't you start setting that up right now? So absolutely. Yes. I love that. Yeah. You know, it, there's there's so many different paths to this industry. Mm-hmm. You can start to slowly shift. It doesn't have to be a stop or a start. You don't yep. need to have something like COVID give you a wake up call. Yeah. You know, this this, you know, podcast episode might be a wake up call for some people where they're like, you know what, they're right. Like, maybe I should be looking at it this way. Maybe I should be thinking about this. Maybe I should be planning for this this way. So mm-hmm. you don't have to like wait for something major to happen or you don't necessarily have to wait for some you know big sign from the universe you can be a lot of little signs that kind of suddenly shift you towards another path you don't have to come to like a fork in the road you can just kind of take a step to the left you can take a kind of a step to the right and just kind of start walking that way and if it doesn't feel good to you you can shift back or you can shift a little further you know you you mentioned earlier about you know dipping your toe in the water of being a team leader you know find a good tribe for your assistance and then like I mentioned like I don't have a team but I still kind of run things a little bit more like a leadership mentality when I'm putting together who's assisting me it's not just who's available I still have to weigh those personalities who works well together who can I depend on for these things there's definitely like my A team, my B team, and then my oh shit team. You know, like <laughs> who do I call when everybody else is booked? You know, right? like those kinds of little things. But the, it's still like even my oh shit team is like, you know, I still have to be able to 100% have faith and trust in them and, and what kind of things. But they may not check 100% of the boxes for me. Yeah. So it's like figure out who your A team is, who your B team is, and then just can be like, can we make this a more regular thing? And, you know, put your toes in the water, see how it feels, see how it, uh, how it works for everybody with getting, getting that mindset in place and, and feel, all right, do I like how this feels? Absolutely. And if it does keep going for it, if it doesn't, then you know what, you might not be ready take a step back and say, okay, I still have these goals. Maybe team ownership is not the way to achieve those goals. What are other options that I can think of? Um, And I've been following you for a while and I'm so intrigued by your hybrid um, model. I love it. Um, I think it's a really fantastic model for keeping consistent income. Um, So it's like the you can still have all of these little bits and pieces if this life is not a puzzle where things only fit together and make one picture, you know, like that's not how real life works. We all still have different puzzle pieces and we put together our own picture and it's going to look different for me than it is going to look for you. Mm -hmm, It's like, you know, you have to figure out, okay, what's my end goal? Where are my puzzle pieces? How can I put those together? What picture does that make for me? Yeah. I like to tell people you don't have to pick and choose. You can have both. Yes, you can have it all. You can have it all. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine. Um, It was wonderful chatting with you. Um, It was really exciting. I really enjoyed everything that we went over, and hopefully everybody else did as well. 
Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I am, you know, I'm always excited to nerd out about all things, you know, growing a business and team management and sustainability. So thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So for people who want to follow you, where can they find you online? What's the best way to reach out to you? Um, What do you want them to know? Yeah, so you can definitely connect with me um, over on Instagram or my Gmail account if you want to send me an email or my podcast. Everything is Beauty and the Network, A-N-D, the network. Uh, When it comes to, you know, what I'm all about, I'm all about, you know, creating a profitable and sustainable business where you don't have to hustle. So if you're anybody that, you know, aligns with that, if you want to connect with me, um, always feel free to slide in my DMs, slide into my email, and I will connect with you there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Jasmine. And thank you everybody for listening. I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.